This is Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. The views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily those of this station. Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO on VOCM. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Your Money with Nancy Snedden. I am Nancy Snedden. Thanks so much for tuning in today. On today's show, are you feeling stressed about your finances? If if you are, you're certainly not alone. According to Financial Planning Canada's 2023 Financial Stress Index, money remains the leading source of stress among Canadians. So over the next hour, we're going to discuss the survey findings, and we'll have some advice for you on how you can alleviate your stress. So joining me for the discussion is Wendy Brookhouse. She's FP Canada Atlantic Canada spokesperson, financial planner, and money coach founder of Blackstar Wealth. So Wendy, thanks for joining me today. So happy to be here. Before we get started, Wendy, I know you've been on the show before, but wondering if you can share a little bit more about Financial Planning Canada and what it specifically it is you do. Absolutely. So FP Canada is a national not-for-profit that focuses on education, certification, and professional oversight. And it's, real, it's an organization really dedicated to championing better financial wellness for all Canadians by leading the advancement of professional financial planning in Canada. And I am a volunteer with that organization but the company, my company is Blackstar Wealth, which is a boutique financial planning firm. And we work virtually across the country and we're focused on simplifying, clarifying and mapping out strong uh, plans for people to achieve their vision for their life. And we are a fee for service. So you don't have to have an asset minimum to work with us. That's fantastic. And I think that's important for people to know too, Wendy, because lots of times people think, you know, I don't have enough wealth to, to consult a financial planner, but it's just not the case, right? Everyone should be getting that important advice. Absolutely. And we can't let the number, uh, you know, how much we have yet, uh, but our potential is so much higher. So we have, uh, you know, plan for the potential. Absolutely. So let's get into the survey. So FP Canada's 2023 Financial Stress Index. It marks the sixth straight year that money tops the survey as the leading stressor for Canadians. Not surprised with everything we've been hearing with interest rates, inflation, all that stuff. But it's even more so than personal health, which was only 23%, relationships at 17%, and work at 16%. So considering the economic uncertainty facing Canadians and the financial strains so many are experiencing due to high inflation and rising interest rates, like I said, we really shouldn't be that surprised, I guess, by these findings. However, what is concerning is the survey shows that financial-related stress has negatively impacted over half of the country's Mm -hmm. population. So more Canadians at 48% are losing sleep over money this year compared to last year when it was 43%, which is still high. One in three at 36% are experiencing mental health challenges such as anxiety or depression related to financial stress. So when you let's talk about these results, because I think, you know, they really are concerning, especially if you think, you know, more than one third of the country right now is experiencing mental health challenges due to their finances. So what are you hearing from clients? Are they expressing concern pertaining to their finances and and how it's impacting their mental health? Absolutely, although maybe not in those exact words, Nancy, because again, there's still a little bit of stigma around talking about mental health, and they may not even recognize that the symptoms about this concern about money is affecting it, but it is, right? So what I'm hearing is just not being able to buy what they used to buy, and 
really not sure. There's a lot of uncertainty about where the interest rates are going to go and how that's going to affect them going forward. So I think it's that uncertainty that really is impacting your health. And if we go back three years to when the pandemic started, it's kind of that same situation in the sense that we didn't know. And so that was probably the most stressful, stressful time is when we don't know what the future is going to hold and don't have a plan to, to get there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, you're right. The pandemic created stress largely because people didn't know what was going to happen, when it was going to end, what it was all going to mean. And it's similarly the same today with inflation, right? And interest Mm. rates, right? No one really knows. No one really knows where we're going to end with inflation. Um, You know, no one really knows from, you know, quarter to quarter what's going to happen with interest rates. And we keep talking about going into a recession, but, you know, one of the key themes that's in the media is that we don't know when it's going to happen or how long it's going to last, right? So there's no question that there's a lot of uncertainty out there right now. Absolutely. And that can be concerning because we've got two things that we don't talk about, which is we don't talk about our money and we don't talk about our mental health. Now they're compounding upon each other. So it becomes even more critical that people reach out and get help. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about some of the other key findings in the financial stress index. So as we mentioned, high inflation has made the household budgets of many Canadians even tighter. And it's adding to the stress of so many. So it's no surprise that FP Canada report shows rising inflation remains a key challenge for nearly two-thirds of Canadians at 63%. Inflation's impact on the cost of goods and services are really contributing to Canadians' financial stress, particularly when it comes to food costs that's 60% of people and things like the price of gas, which is 49%. So rising interest rates are also taking a toll on about one third of Canadians at 33%, especially about one quarter of homeowners carrying a mortgage. And this stress is likely to rise because as we know, interest rates are expected to increase even further. Some Mm -hmm. economists predict that we will see another quarter point increase in the next couple of weeks. I think July 12th is, is the next announcement date. And we also know a recession is still looming as we said, right? So economists are now predicting we will be in a recession at some point in the final two quarters of the year. And they're describing the expected recession as a delayed but not prevented bumpy landing. So taking all this into account, it will mean even tougher financial times lay ahead. So Wendy, how concerned should we be about this, especially when you consider the level of financial stress that so many are already experiencing? Mm. I think we should be concerned, and then we need to take that concern and put it into action. And, you know, we've had such a long period of good markets, low interest rates, and then it changed so quickly, right? In the last year, how many points have the interest rates gone up? And it ha- and I think that's part of the shocks to the system is that it's happening so fast. And I think what happens is that now that we've got this concern, we need to pay attention and we need to take control and make adjustments where we can, right? So we it can't this it's happening too fast and it's so big. It's not something that we can just, you know, hold on and wait till it goes. 
No, absolutely. And I think you're, you're right. I mean, if we, if we see another quarter point inter, interest rate hike in July, we're going to be at 5%, right? I mean, it's been years and years and years and years since we've seen interest rates at that height. And we know that there are so many Canadians that are going to be renewing their mortgage this year, right? And what right. I've been reading in, in the news shows that, you know, people are, are struggling to make their debt payments and mm-hmm. their increased mortgage, or they're having to really extend dramatically the amortization period on their mortgage in order to continue to um, afford the payment, which means, you know, they're that much further from owning their home, right? And that can really impact people from a retirement perspective, as we know. Absolutely. I think, too, when it comes to your mortgages, if you're in a position that you shouldn't can negotiate, you should. And what I mean by that is we all get the letter in the mail that says, hey, your mortgage is up for renewal. Here are your options. Those are your only options, and they may not be your best options. So I would really recommend that people shop the market, ask if they can get a better rate, uh, and all those things. Because, um, you know, we have to take control of that, and that may mean that you have to go away from your current institution and find one that will want your business a little bit more and will give you that better rate. Absolutely. And I think, you know, uh, shopping around is always important, but as you said, probably more important than ever. And yep. you don't know unless you ask, right? So probably a great time to explore using a mortgage broker mm-hmm. uh, because they're going to look at a bunch of different options out there that, you know, they'll spend the time looking at what's available for you versus you having to, to call around and make a bunch of appointments. So lots of things to consider. Well, as so many Canadians struggle to make ends meet, the FP Canada survey shows some may be putting their financial futures at risk. So we're going to talk about that when we come back. Please stay with us. Get lost in the music of legendary artists like Elton John, The Beatles, and more. Join Claudette Barnes every Sunday from 12 to 1 p.m. and relive fond memories through the power of music with Sunday Melodies on your VOCM. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money here on VOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Sneddon, licensed insolvency trustee with BDO Canada right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. Joining me today is Wendy Brookhouse. She's FP Canada, Atlantic Canada spokesperson, financial planner and money coach and founder of Blackstar Wealth. So we're talking about the 2023 financial stress index from FP Canada, which reveals that for the sixth straight year, Canadians say money is the top source of stress for them. It's leading to mental health challenges. People are losing sleep, worried about their finances, and they're experiencing anxiety and depression. So all very concerning statistics that we talked about in the first segment, especially I think when economists are predicting our economy will become worse before it gets better. So what do you think about that, Wendy? I I think it's very concerning, um, you know, because mental health, it spills over into everything. Like if you're stressed about your money and anxious about your money, it can affect your relationships. It can affect how you show up at work and it can affect how you deal with your children. You know, so it is very pervasive. So the more that we can manage uh, and come up with plans to help us understand why we feel the way we do and then take some action, the better off we will be. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more on that. And I think the AFP Canada Financial Stress Index shows that as Canadians struggle to make ends meet, nearly half at 48% say that they have less disposable income compared to a year ago. Not surprising, right, when we see, you know, the cost at the pumps and at the grocery stores. And then again, as interest rates go up, they're paying more to service their debt. So that statistic is a substantial increase from last year when just over one third at 39% reported this. So it's almost a 10% increase. Mm-hmm. So, when can you speak to the jump? Like, does that surprise you at all? What do you think is driving it, or is it simply the three things that we've talked about here? I think it's the perfect storm we have going on. Only it's, you know, it's a very bad storm. And when I think about, you know, nearly half of our have left disposable income. What can we do, right? And I have three things I recommend for people to do. And the first thing is I call it stop donating. And what I mean by that is take a look at all your credit card bills, all your um, things that come out of your bank account every month and are you still using them you know are you subscribing to an Amazon channel that you no longer watch cancel it because that's why I call donating I'm not talking about to worthy causes I'm talking to companies that you are paying subscription fees to that you don't use or aren't getting the value out of those subscriptions anymore And my second recommendation is that you shop. And when I say shop, there's a number of things that we pay every year. Our house insurance, our car insurance, maybe our cell phone bills, et cetera. Do we still have the best package? Do we still have the best price? And so I say shop around, see if you can get a better deal. And the third thing I talk about... Right. And then I talk about evaluating convenience premiums. And so um, I look at this as during the pandemic, I I did use some of those shopping services. Right. So I paid extra because it was worth it to me to have someone go and get my groceries and drop it off at my house. And I don't know that I still put value to those services. So I've stopped. Um, Do you know when we buy things like vegetables already cut up? versus buying them and cutting them up ourselves, I look at that as a convenience premium. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm saying, is it still worth it for you based on where your spending is right now? So those are my three recommendations. And that's a really great point, right? I think, you know, sometimes we we do pay extra for things to save us time or, but in, in times when, you know, every dollar counts and you're struggling for cash flow, then maybe, you know, that becomes more the issue than the time it takes to actually prepare the things that we're, we're buying pre-prepared to your example, right? And yeah. we're all guilty of this stuff, Wendy. Like this is stuff that I'm sure just about every listener out there can relate to. In fact, e- even myself, right? Like I... I'm guilty of that. I just said to a friend of mine, we were having a discussion about a TV show and they said, isn't that um, one of the the streaming um, channels? And I said, it is. And I said, I only found it because I forgot to cancel after the three month free subscription. (laughs) So here I am. I've been paying for it all this time. Forgot that, you know, it was only three months free, whatever. So we're all guilty of that stuff. And I think it's a really great point that, you know, you, you should be revisiting these things, revisiting, um, your, your credit card bill, your bank statement to see what subscriptions you're automatically paying for that you maybe aren't using or aren't using enough or don't value enough to continue uh, to be making those payments. If we look at it, the current household debt ratio in Canada is 
sitting at near record high at 1.85. So that means that we owe a dollar 85 for every dollar that we owe. It's it's staggering, right? I remember talking about we probably you and I probably talked about it on the yeah, show, right? We did, when we yeah. were back into like a dollar 74, dollar 76, and we were saying how staggering that number is, and now here we are at a dollar 85. We're the most indebted among the G7 countries. So of course, having less disposable income means that many are struggling to save as well and really invest in their financial future. So if you think about it, does that make sense? Because after all, we're struggling to get by today. It's really hard to think about tomorrow, Wendy, right? So it's hard for people to think about saving or thinking about retirement or, or any of the other things that they might be saving for when they are struggling to decide what they can afford at the grocery store. So let's talk about the results of the survey and the growing concern among Canadians when it does come to their financial future. How concerned should we be when we look at those statistics? Well, I think every part of the survey is concerning at some level, right? Like there's very little uh, bright light in it. So I think it becomes, again, up to each of us to, to get our own light and try and figure out how to deal with our particular situation. Um, and you're right. It is super hard to think of tomorrow when today is so uh, costly. And it also becomes hard when we look at this debt number that you surveyed with us. So I look at um, debt as we spent yet tomorrow's money already because debt has to be paid back. So yeah. if we look at it as there's three, like there's past, today, and the future, every dollar we're going into debt is affecting our ability to spend in the future. And it's a really hard uh, concept to grasp around. One of the most interesting um, concepts I've heard about recently was thinking about your future self as a different person. And what does that different person, because we will be different people in 10 years. We will not just be 10 years older. We will be 10 years more evolved, 10 years have changed our opinions, and we've grown in different ways, which affects us, right? And if we are able to actually think about everything we spend today, whether that's putting us further into debt or it's something that's an investment in the future, everything we do is either costing or investing in our future self. And so it's a kind of an interesting way. I know that once I saw that concept, if I keep it front of mind, it does help me with some of my choices I'm making. Yeah, it is so, so important. And, it, you know, it is hard for people when they're struggling today to think about the future, to your point. But it, it, it you, you have to, right, because you need to make sure that you're going to be okay in living the life that is quality of life for you as you do get older, right? It's so important. And oftentimes, especially today when people are, you know, using their savings, right, we said mm -hmm. that... Uh, there's so many people using their savings right now to, to get by, right, and put food on the table. That stat is actually 26% in Atlantic Canada. Um, another disheartening statistic, I think, from this survey is that more Canadians are feeling less optimistic that things are actually mm -hmm. going to improve. So the SP Canada survey shows nearly half of poll participants at 44% feel less hopeful about their financial future. And that's actually higher than a year ago as well when it was 39%. So when you watch your reaction, reaction to that statistics and how do you reassure clients and the listeners out there? I think it is again about putting that plan together, working with someone that can help you with the plan and because it's hard to have hope if you can't see the road out. 
right? So if we can't see the path to the future, then the future just seems like it's this nebulous thing that will never happen and that doesn't feel very hopeful. But if we have a vision of what our future will be because we put a plan together that's realistic and it's about today's numbers, we can see what the future can hold. And that can be very, very, um, that can add hope because you can say, oh, if I do X, Y, and Z, that will get me to there, which is where I want to be. If you don't have that plan and, you, you know, it can feel very helpless and uh, less hope. Absolutely. And that's why we encourage uh, people, right, to, to have a conversation, right? Talk to a professional, mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. a conversation so that they can lay out that path and how you can get there. So whether it's someone from uh, financial planning like yourself, Wendy, or licensed insolvency trustee, if yes. you know, you're know you struggling with your, your debt or you're only able to make the minimum payments, right? So you're not getting a reduction on your debt. You're using one debt to pay the minimum payment on another mm-hmm. debt. We're seeing so mm-hmm. much more of that these days than ever before. Right. Yeah. So important to have the conversation so that you understand what the options are and how you actually can put a plan in place that is going to secure your financial future. Right. So having that conversation is so, so important. It's a little bit like we're as individuals, we are hugging the trees. Professionals like you and I who are kind of like the people who go, let's take a let's take a fly up and look at the whole forest. Right. I have clients who are very very, very detail-oriented, very budgety and all that stuff. So they're on track with everything. And then I, they show me their situation. I go, have you thought of X, Y, I do this and do this, and that will reduce your interest cost by this much money. And they're like, oh, I had never thought of it that way. It's just that second set of eyes sometimes that has seen so many different situations that can really add value. No, absolutely. And there's so much information on the internet today, but the information that you're reading online is not going to be specific to your situation, right? The only way you get that is to talk to someone one-on-one about your specific situation. So there definitely is a lot of value there. So for people struggling with financial stress, for those worried about their financial future, it's important to know that there are ways to reduce that stress. So we're going to have some advice for you when we come back. Please stay with us. Join Greg Smith weeknights at 5.45 as he chats with local musicians about life, inspiration shows, and new music. Tune into Soundcheck, your backstage pass to the local music scene on your VOCM. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money with Nancy Snedden. I'm your host, Nancy Snedden, licensed insolvency trustee with BDO Canada right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. My guest today is Wendy Brookhouse. She's FP Canada Atlantic Canada spokesperson, financial planner, and money coach, and founder of Black Star Wealth. So we've been talking about the latest FP Canada financial stress survey, and we know Canadians, including those here in Newfoundland and Labrador, are really feeling financial stress today. High inflation, rising interest rates are all taking a toll on already tight household budgets. Many are worried about not only getting by today, but about their financial futures we've been talking about. So these continue to be uncertain economic times, but there are ways to reduce the stress you're feeling. And that's what I'd like to focus on for the remainder of the show. So advice for our listeners, because it's so important that they know that there is help available. And when the FP Canada Financial Stress Index does show the first step is working with a, is with a professional, like we started to talk about in the last segment. So can you speak a little bit more to this? 
Sure. Why don't I talk a little bit about what does the financial professional look look at? Because I think there's a perception sometimes that all we care about is how much money you have to invest. <laughs> but that's good. that's not the truth when we're dealing when you're dealing with a financial planner. They're actually going to look at all of the all your complete financial picture. They're going to look at um, spending. They're going to look at some of the behavioral things that might be affecting um, how you think about money and things like that and helping you understand that. They're going to look at your debts. They're going to understand, okay, here's all your debts. Here's what they are. They're going to lay them out in a way that, you know, it can be hard at first when you look at the complete picture all in one place. Uh, but looking at all your debts, what are they at? What are the minimum payments? What's the rate of interest that you're paying so that you can really come up with a strategy on how to, to conquer that debt. It's going to be looking at your insurances and making sure that if something happens to you from a health perspective or if you pass away that your family is going to still be okay. So a financial planner is really quite holistic and they're going to look at everything and they're going to help you with all those pieces, your spending, your debt, your investments and your insurance in a way that will help you understand the complete picture for uh, making sure that you're you've got a plan for the future. Does that make sense? Clearly, absolutely makes sense. And clearly there are advantages to working with a professional. However, despite the advantages, only one-third of 36% of Canadians work with some type of financial professional, and even fewer, in fact, only 5% work with a financial planner specifically. So let's talk about some of the reasons people are so reluctant to reach out and ways to overcome this reluctance. Okay, my first thing is I talk about, uh, I think it's keeping up with the Jones effect, Nancy, and um, we tend to look at our neighbors and go, oh, look, they're doing so well, and I'm not, so therefore I'm ashamed, and I, I should be ahead, and I should be doing this, and, and therefore if I go see somebody, they're going to judge me. But what I know to be true, having what I call seeing behind the curtains of uh, what can be a very shiny, happy picture, is it's not always that way, and sometimes that is that has been funded by some debt. It has been funded by poor, um, poor spending habits and things of that nature. So it's important to understand you are yourself. You are a unique individual. You are unique in your goals and what you're hoping to do. And you really can't measure that against the picture of your neighbor. And I, I really do think that the Jones effect has been completely exacerbated by social media. When we look at what we post on social, social media, I'm not posting when I look bad or I'm feeling bad or whatever. I'm posting, oh, look what I did. This was so good. Um, you know, and I've talked to people. I'm like, oh, what a great picture of your family. And like, if you had seen them 30 seconds before or 30 seconds after, you would not be saying that. <laughs> so I think it's a really important thing is to, it, it's super hard not to rate yourself against others. But you have a unique set of circumstances that have gotten you to where you are now, and you have unique goals. So that, I think, is one of the things that's coming to the realization or just being okay with you are who you are. Uh, absolutely. I couldn't agree with more with you. And we hear it all the time, right, as we're talking to clients, you know, they're they're feeling um, stigma, right, or they're feeling embarrassed mm -hmm. to tell us about their financial situation, which they shouldn't, right? That's what we're there.
there for. And there's no judgment right in those meetings. We're there to help. But people often say, you know, I look at, you know, Johnny next door and he has, Mm -hmm. you know, all the toys and they go on trips all the time. And I say, you know, comparing yourself to someone else is a dangerous game because you don't know that person's situation. They may not own any of the toys, right? The bank likely owns all of it. And they may be putting themselves in significant amount of debt to go on vacation every year. They may not, but they may be. So comparing yourself to others without knowing what their actual situation is really is a dangerous game. And I think the other thing, Wendy, too, is that money remains a taboo topic, right? For many Mm -hmm. generations, I'm, I'm happy. I think that the younger generation is much more comfortable talking about this with their peers. But I think for many generations, money really is still a taboo topic. So how do we change that mindset? There's a couple of things here. Uh, And first, just to revisit our last subject, uh, I I will just say is one of the most common things I hear is I wish I had come seeing you sooner. So I'll throw that out as a reason why people should reach out and overcome that reluctance. But to change your money mindset and how you feel about money being a taboo subject, I think part of it is understanding uh, some of the things you heard as a child growing up. And I often ask three questions in a meeting. Uh, when I'm meeting someone for the first time, I ask them what is their first memory of money and I start to surface some of the things that have, they're not even understanding that that has been affecting their money. And what did your parents do with money that you liked? And what did your parents do with money that you didn't like? And that just starts that conversation about, um, about money because really money is a tool. The way we get it to be less taboo is we talk about it more. And so those three questions, they have nothing to do with what your current financial situation is, but they're talking about money. So you can ease into that conversation. And I often recommend for couples in particular, have a regular meeting once a week about money. And because all those emotional threads that are tied around money and make it that taboo subject, the more you talk about it, the more those will um, will lessen and they will fall away and it will be easier and easier because you are doing repetition around that work about talking about money. And when you go and talk to a professional, you'll find that they're very matter of fact about that and that about the money. And that can be a nice way to also look at it too. How can I make my conversations about money matter of fact? Yeah, I think that that is is great. And I love your point around the weekly meetings, right? We say that all the time, have family meetings, even right around um, money, teaching your kids important money facts. But you absolutely, even if there's one spouse that does most of the the money things we'll say, right? So they're responsible for paying the bills. And, you know, this is probably an old term, but balancing the checkbook, right? For for lack of a better better phrase. And so that's fine, right? If we all have our strengths, and if there's one person that's, that's better at that, your household, but it doesn't mean that you both shouldn't be involved in the discussion, right? And the talking about the goals and the saving plans and, you know, where your budget stands and any changes that you might need to make, right? It's really important that that you're having those conversations. And, you know, you started by saying that people say to you all the time that they wish they had contacted you sooner. It's the most used phrase in our office. Mm-hmm. I can tell you if I, I poll my staff across the country, they would say that that's the most heard phrase in a meeting is that I wish 
wish I had contacted you sooner. So I think one of the other reasons that people avoid um, seeing a professional, Wendy, or they maybe are afraid to make the call or they, they just put off, procrastinate, right, making the call is because they have a lack of financial confidence themselves. So they often feel confused about money-related topics or overwhelmed with financial matters in general. So for listeners that are feeling this way, what's your advice for them? Like, how do you reassure them? Well, in terms of um, feeling that they're not rich enough or their portfolios are too small, everyone everyone who was rich started at that point as well. So let's remember, everyone started there. However, there are a lot of lot of people, a lot of advisors who are fee for service. Meaning, yes, you're going to have to, you may write a check for that their services, but they're not going to care about the size of your portfolio. They're going to help you put a plan together to grow those portfolios, right? And so I. I think there's a perception and yes I think that there is a, especially at different levels of service you know at the banks at uh, some financial planners but there are those who just really enjoy putting the plan together and will refer you to other people for product or investment advice on top of that if they want so you know again everyone started where you're at and now it's a time to take control and, and help someone do it I do find that everyone who writes a check to me usually sees more than that in savings in one year just by the way we rearrange their financial lives. So you usually make a return on that investment very quickly. Yeah, and I think, too, like there's nothing to be ashamed of, regardless of what your level of financial knowledge is. Yeah. Um, that's why the professionals are there, right? So you can ask any question, and, you know, it, it's no different than if I'm going to get my car fixed. I'm not a mechanic. I don't know anything. And I'll often say, like, this might be a silly question, but, right? And I'll ask um, the question, and, and I'm always told that's not a silly question, that I'm the expert here, not not you, mm. right? So in these situations, you and I are the experts, and no question is too silly. I always ask my clients, you know, do you have any other questions? Have you understood the, the things that we've talked about? Because I want to make sure that they walk away not only knowing their options, but fully understanding the conversation that we've had, right? And knowing that they can always ask if if something is unclear I think that you know that's the best way to improve your confidence right is have to have the actual initial confidence to make the call because once you get the advice and know your options or have a conversation with a professional that can explain these concepts to you you're going to increase your confidence around these things right Absolutely. And let's be honest, if people uh, come in and sometimes they're stressed and they're anxious and they're, you know, they're just nervous, maybe even talking to someone like this, like ourselves, I often reassure as well as any questions not off limits. And by the way, I fully expect you can ask me the same questions numerous times over the course of our engagement because things may not stick. But over time, you ask that same question, I'll explain it again, and things will start to stick and then, then you'll gain that confidence even more so have the confidence that we are not judging you by the question or how many times you ask the same one absolutely absolutely and I think it's important to remember too that it's not only about you know seeing a professional or financial planner and and like looking at the benefits of doing so but it's also I guess equally important to find the one that's right for you so we're going to have some advice on that when we come back please stay with us 
Start your day off right. Get the latest updates on news, traffic, and weather conditions, plus interviews with today's newsmakers, your go-to source before you get on the go. 5.30 to 9 a.m. weekdays, your VOCM mornings. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money here on VOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Snedden, licensed insolvency trustee with BDO Canada, right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. Today, I'm joined by Wendy Brookhouse. She's FP Canada Atlantic Canada spokesperson, financial planner, and money coach, and of course, the founder of Blackstar Wealth. So, Wendy, today we've been talking about the FP Canada Financial Threat Survey, which shows that Canadians, including many here in Newfoundland and Labrador, are feeling financial stress due to high inflation and rising interest rates. But as you've heard, there are ways to reduce this stress, and it starts with working with a professional. So, the FP Canada survey shows that those who work with a financial planner are are less prone to money-related stress, sleep loss, and financial regret. So it's important to keep in mind that it is important to find the right one for you. So because success is tied to full disclosure, it means that you really must find someone that you can trust, that you're comfortable and can speak openly with. After all, you need to remember you're going to be sharing a lot of personal information. So Wendy, how do people ensure that they have the right financial planner? What should they be looking looking for or asking uh, when they look for someone to work with? Oh, so much to unpack there, Nancy. And I do think it is important. Everything you said about full disclosure, I'm like, it's all about you get financially naked with the right planner, right? So you have to feel Mm -hmm. comfortable about that. Number one. And number two, this typically when you engage with a planner is the start of a very long-term relationship. So you have to feel comfortable long-term. I, I, you know, so when I think of looking for the right financial planner, you should talk to your friends, but you should also look online. But I think anyone who has a a CFP designation typically has a great depth of training on so many things. There's like 1,500 concepts that a CFP will get uh, um, quizzed on or tested on when they go to take their certification. So there's a lot of information there. So making sure you have the right financial planner, interview them. Ask them if they work with people like you. Like, you know, what are their, some of the results they've achieved? You know, and look for some of the personality things because some people are going to be maybe very, very numbers focused and that may suit you or it may not. You may need someone who's more willing to, you know, talk uh, a little bit more freely and openly and maybe have a laugh while you're doing it versus being very, very rigid and one plus one equals two, you know? So it always does. But at the same time, you want to be able to enjoy the journey as well uh, as you go that because you want to feel like all your questions are going to be taken seriously, that uh, no one's going to be judging you and that they suit the way you work. No, absolutely. I mean, like you said, the qualifications are table stakes, right? So you want to be looking for someone who has that designation. No different in the debt world, right? You want to make sure Mm. you're talking to someone that's actually a licensed insolvency trustee, not just a debt, you know, someone that says they're a debt expert or someone who can, you know, help you with, um, with your debt or reduce your interest, but someone who's actually a licensed insolvency trustee, similarly someone who's a certified financial planner, right? That's that's the table stakes. 
But then you're looking for that comfort level, right? Um, you know, you, like you said, you want to make sure that if you are meeting with someone, you do build that connection with them to be able to, you know, unpack everything that's going on with you, right? Because you can only get the right advice if you're as open and honest as is possible. So I couldn't agree with you more on, on that point. And I think, you know, once you've found the right financial planner or the right professional to talk about your situation, it's then time to create a financial plan that works for you and your specific situation, right? One that can really move you forward financially. And we talked about the benefits of working with a financial planner from, you know, the point of um, reducing stress, right? But there's many, many more benefits of having a financial plan. So what can you tell our listeners about that? So the benefits of a plan can make you have a, have a track. You know exactly how much you're putting away, what your projections are for your financial goals and your retirement plans. Many people find that they actually have improved their ability to save because they can see exactly how much to spend and how much not to spend. And that gives you more confidence, you know, more confidence that you can uh, uh, handle challenges that come up, you know, because you know, working with a financial planner might actually have built you some buffers or some emergency savings so that you can do that. And so that way they're able to, you know, get to those goals, have more savings, have the ability to um, work with things. So it's good. That's yeah, why it you want to have a plan. keeps you on track overall, right? It keeps you yeah. on track with your finances overall. So what does a successful plan look like? And what areas should people be focusing on? And I'm guessing, you know, part of that answer is it's going to be different for, for different people, right? Exactly. I think the process is the same. Um, but the outcomes should be very customized. Um so that why, you know, knowing someone has a step-by-step process they're taking you through and they're looking at everything to come up with the ultimate goals for you that reflect you, reflect some of your, uh, the way you think and the way you may be self-sabotaging and help you identify when that's happening and get yourself back on track. So those are all the kinds of things that I think you need to be looking at. No, absolutely. And so, you know, talking to a financial planner and getting a plan put in place uh, or talking to a licensed insolvency trustee and getting a plan in place to deal with your debt. That is the sort of first step that we're talking about here. But then, of course, sticking to the plan mm. and listening to, to the advice, right, that you're getting is, is going to be key here. So how do we keep people motivated or how do listeners out there stay motivated to stay the course? I think there's a couple of things, and that is uh, looking at the little wins. And so for uh, myself, I like to say, okay, Hey, let's let's give you one number for the week and let's just work on staying in track with that one number and then everything else will start funneling into it but just giving you one thing that you can gain some wins on it's much like when people are dealing with their debts I oftentimes will look let's let's tackle the smallest debt first so it goes off first and then we go back and start tackling the bigger ones so that's it's how can we get the big wins
wind, like little wind, little wind, little wind to stay motivated. Yeah, it, it, it's so true. And you need to find out maybe what motivates you, right? And that's part of the discussion that you can have with the professional is, you know, what is motivating your your uh, decision to make the call, right? What is motivating your decision to have this conversation about your financial future? And that may help then with coming up with those strategies, right? And giving some advice on how to stay the course. Well, Wendy, it's been great having you on the show today. Lots of great advice for our listeners. But we do have some time now for some final thoughts. So if you could leave our listeners with a final thought today. What would it be? My final thoughts would be as follows. Reach out, start the process to find an advisor, uh, a financial planner, a certified financial planner, because just start that process and chunk it down. I'm going to ask three people who they use and then why do they like them? I'm going to, and then make, then make a, uh, an appointment with them and have a conversation and evaluate them because that's the first step, just finding someone to have a conversation about, and then you'll start getting more confident about even that part. But the first step, go get help. Yeah, it's so, so important. And we say that all the time as well, right? It costs nothing to sit down and have an initial conversation. Mm, The consultation is free. It's fully confidential. But you, I promise that, you know, there's, I would say virtually no one who's come into our office to have an initial consultation who hasn't left feeling better. Now, whether that means they continue down the path to, to do a consumer proposal or bankruptcy, or they just know what their options are, um, and and they are you know making a decision, or they're going to consult with uh, a mortgage broker about refinancing. Like it doesn't matter what the advice is that they receive at that meeting. Just having had the conversation will alleviate the stress, right? Knowing that you do have options, there's a way to put a plan in place to deal with you know your your savings for the future, or managing your debt, or or whatever the financial topic is that you're struggling with. So yeah, so so important. Just reach out, make that appointment. There's no obligation right to continue beyond the first meeting but you'll leave feeling better knowledge is power so the more knowledge that you have about your situation and and the way that you can solve for the things that are causing you stress um, the better off you're going to be so when if people did want to reach out wanted some advice if they're feeling overwhelmed what's the best way for them to do that so to reach out for myself they can reach out and go to my website which is blackstarwealth.com and um and just see my philosophy see how i work and see if it makes sense to have a conversation and then we have auto we have that they can book right on the website they can book right into my calendar for a 30-minute call and we can just discuss what's going on what are your pain points can i help uh and if i can't help we're going to help maybe i can steer you in the direction uh that would be helpful for you Great. Well, thanks again for for joining me today. And of course, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Remember, I always want to hear from you. So if you have a comment or question or a topic that you'd like me to discuss here on Your Money, you can email me at yourmoney@bdo.ca or give me a call at 800-563-8337. Until next week, I'm Nancy Snedden. Stay safe and be well, everyone. If you have a question or comment, send an email to yourmoney@bdo.ca. This has been Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO. License Insolvency Trustees on your VOCM.